Hey guys, welcome back to the Bible Plus podcast. Today we're on 1 John chapter 3, and we've seen in this epistle of John, he's covered a couple main things. He's covered the fellowship of the divine life, and then the teaching of the divine anointing. And now he's moving on to the virtues of the divine birth. And what you could say is that the fellowship of the divine life, in that fellowship, we enjoy the teaching of the divine anointing. Now the issue of our being under that divine anointing is our practicing these virtues that come from our divine birth. And we're going to cover two virtues in this chapter. First, righteousness, and then love. So first he says that everyone who's been begotten of God practices righteousness. And so I'd like to spend a little bit on the fact that God has begotten us. You know, John's writing... It places a lot of emphasis on our divine birth. That's our regeneration. You could say that it's the greatest wonder in the entire universe. The greatest wonder in the entire universe. You know, they have these seven wonders of the world. Well, let me tell you, the greatest wonder in the universe is that human beings could be begotten of God. I mean, just imagine, what if one day a dog received a man's life, a dog received a man's life and could speak, could think like a man, that would make the headlines be all over the media. Just one dog being able to receive man's life. But what we have is millions of men receiving God's life, receiving a divine birth. And the virtues that come out of that divine birth are are just incredible. All the riches of the divine life come from the divine seed, which we have received. He mentions that in verse 9. You know, let me just give you some examples of the riches of the divine life, which you could think of as virtues. Not practicing sin. Uh, I think that's in verse 4. Practicing righteousness. Loving the brothers. Those are just some of the ones in this chapter. Uh, all the virtues of our divine birth come from the divine seed that we've received from him. However, we had an earthly birth. We have, in a sense, two births. And therefore, we have, in a sense, two people in us. We have our old natural man, or the Bible calls it our old man, our outer man. And now we have our, our new man, an inner man. The old is fleshly. It's corrupted by sin. The new is spiritual. And it just automatically practices righteousness. But what we see in this chapter is that to practice righteousness is possible only as we abide in Him. So we see in this first section of John chapter 3, that our need is to abide in God, abide in Him. And we can because of our divine birth. And again, this is like saying a baby born into a family can abide in that family, in that home, even in humanity, because it has the human life. You, you, a dog it might act like a, a person for a split second, but it cannot abide in humanity because it does not have the divine life. Now, 
as we abide in the divine life, we spontaneously practice certain things that are the expression of the divine life. And John uses this word practice 11 times in his epistle, and seven of them are right here in chapter 3. He says we should practice the divine righteousness, practice the divine love, not practice sin, not practice unrighteousness. Well, this word practice is a Greek word which means to do habitually, even unintentionally. It's just the spontaneous issue of one's common living, not intentionally, not politically, not once in a while, but just automatically all the time. It would be like saying, we just keep on doing it, or like saying, that person is always doing that. It's That's the way this Greek word is used. And the amazing thing is that righteousness is now what we automatically, spontaneously keep on doing. We're always, even unintentionally, doing righteousness. And this is, as you could just say, an issue, an automatic issue of the divine birth. It's the issue of the divine life, and it's an expression of the righteous God. Now, we may try to do righteousness when we, try, when we become a believer, but we shouldn't try to do righteousness on our own in the sense of taking it as a law for us to keep. Because we know when we try to keep a law by our own strength, we can't. We'll fail. We'll just, we'll fail. But instead, we should just abide in him continually. And then as we spontaneous, and then as we abide in him, he will spontaneously grow in us. And the issue of that growth will be the expression of the virtues of our divine birth. Now, we may still sin occasionally, occasionally. We might fall into sin, but as believers, we've received a new nature that doesn't, that doesn't habitually practice sin. A sheep might fall into the mud, but it will climb back out, whereas a pig will just wallow in the mud. So as believers, we are called sheep. We might occasionally sin, but we can take the blood, we can confess, he'll wash us, cleanse us, and in general, we'll practice righteousness. Now, he also says that we have an amazing future as children of God. That is, when he's manifested, we will be like him, and we'll see him even as he is. And his manifestation in this chapter is incredible. In verse 5, it's to take away sin, and in verse 8, it's to destroy or undo the works of the devil. You know, it says here that the devil sinned from the beginning, and the children of God are those who practice righteousness, whereas the children of the devil are those who practice sin, which is lawlessness. The amazing thing is that all people in the world were children of the devil, but Christ has come to undo the devil's works, even to regenerate some of the devil's children. That's us. And the most amazing thing is that we, human beings, have been begotten of God. And you could say that we are the very undoing of the devil's works because Christ has put himself into us and now even changed what we practice from sin to righteousness. Now, moving on briefly to love, the second half of this chapter from verse 10b to 24 is on our practicing the divine love. He gave us a commandment in verse 11 
And you know, John is um, often cites this commandment of the Lord in John chapter 13, that we would love one another. And then he gives this example of Cain, how Cain was of the evil one and slew his brother. And his works were, his works were evil and he hated his brother. And then he says, we should not be surprised if the world hates us. So what we can say is that the children of the devil who comprise the world are like Cain in that they hate the believers. They hate uh, us. And we should realize that's just their habitual practice. But our amazing death, our amazing salvation is that we've passed out of that condition, which is death, out of death into life. And instead of hating our brothers, we love the brothers. He says in verse 14 that we know we've passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. So our love for the brothers is a spontaneous, automatic virtue that we have by our divine birth. And it's actually a strong evidence of our salvation. He then goes on to talk about if we hate brothers, we're, we're as if we're murderers. This is spiritual murder in a sense, not physical murder necessarily. But we need to be warned not to continue hating anyone. Christians actually should not hate anyone. They should even love their enemies. Now, as we practice the divine love, loving our brothers, loving all, what we eventually have in the end of this chapter is the condition of having a tranquil heart, a peaceful heart that we have persuaded that we are cleansed and purified before God. If there are unrighteousness, uh, things that are unrighteous in us, or if we have hatred in our heart, we need to purify our heart. We need to deal with those sins, confess them, bring them, bring them to the Lord, let him cleanse us, take care of that. And as we do, we'll have a situation where our heart is persuaded before God. It does not blame us, but instead we have boldness toward God and we ask from God the things that are pleasing to him and he does them for us. What an amazing chapter, First John. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow with First John chapter 4.